This is the Influencers Network Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm here in our global office in Benville, Arkansas, and I'm here with our founder again, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you. Good morning. Hey, uh, and so uh, today's topic uh, for our podcast, I-, I just realized the other day that we had not had a chance to really explain or, or help you guys understand what was behind our new book that we introduced last fall. And a lot of you guys who are leading journey groups understood that there was some change that you, that you didn't even know was coming perhaps, but uh, we introduced a new book uh, into our curriculum. Uh, for years, uh, we used a book called Secrets of the Vine by Bruce Wilkinson to try to help people understand this abiding relationship when we get into this, the middle leg of the journey. We start really digging into what does abiding mean. And Rocky was uh, really inspired to, to write a new book. And, and we also were driven by a little bit of a need to have all our curriculum underneath the influencer's banner so that when we need to, to translate the books into other languages, which right. seems to be an ongoing need, uh, we don't have to worry about going to other publishers and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of drove it a little bit. But uh, I wanted to, Rocky, spend some time with you, helping you let them understand sure. uh, what God did in that process. And, and, and I love the way you can explain to them how you write a book yeah. and all that, because I think that kind of helps underst- help them understand a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so you knew there was kind of a need to write a book about abiding, and then you take it from there. Well, the, uh, I needed to convey a clear message about abiding, and the, and the book was, was the instrument for doing that. Mm-hmm. And when I say a clear message, I'm talking about the message that's been uh, – been unfolding with me since 1984 when I first uh, read John 15. And for those who do not know about John 15 and the word abide, this this is the opening, uh, actually this is the opening verse in the book that would maybe help them understand what it means to abide. This is Jesus saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches, Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And the whole uh, chapter of John 15, uh, the word abide is mentioned about 10 times within about 11 or 12 verses. And so it's a it's in a monumental importance. It's a It was a key message that Jesus was giving to the disciples before being crucified, actually. Uh, and he was saying, you must remain in me now. You, you don't leave me. Uh, don't check out because it's only begun in your life, this salvation that you've gotten with me because he says you're already clean, you know, because of the word spoken to you. But you've got to abide in me to bear fruit. And so it was not just about continuing to remain in him when he's crucified and their fear. Because three days later, he was back. And man, they were celebrating. I think John 15 was not about that. I think John 15 and abiding with him was when he ascended and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And that, that was their mission now to build the church. Hmm. 
And he was saying, you're not going to be able to build a church unless you abide in me, mm. which is the spirit. That's right. He said, you're not going to be able to enable your spiritual gifts to be able to do great <clears throat> works on your own. It's got to be the spirit in you that does that. So you've got to abide in me. Now, I'm going to abide in you because that's what the Spirit does. He comes into a Christian's life. He begins to abide in us from the get-go. Mm. But our abiding in him is a continuous surrender. It's a continuous making ourselves available. And so the whole picture that Jesus gave about abiding, he says, uh, I'm the vine, and the Father is the vine dresser, and you're the branches. And, and then if you're, if you're abiding in me, you'll bear fruit. And he went on to say, and you will be pruned so that you can bear more fruit. Now, if you knew anything about uh, grapevines and growing grapevines, then you'll understand that a grapevine will grow wild and it will even get so matted within itself, so, so much limbs in there and all that, that it'll actually create disease in itself because of its growth. And the great growth of the vine never produces much grapes at all. And so a vine dresser has to cut all of those limbs out that are necessary and have a strategic use of that vine where it's trained. And even the little shoots that are, they call them, they're kind of plugs, you know, that goes up. Spuds, studs, I guess they call it. But they come up off of the branch of the vine, and that's, that's, uh, the limb of the vine, and that's the branch, and on the branch is where the grapes grow. And that little place right there is what the vine dresser trims so that they bear fruit. Well, that's you and me. Mm. We're the ones who represent that and plugged into the branch of the vine, and it's on us that that fruit is grown. And so when we began to understand the, the metaphor Jesus was using for the Christian's life, we began to understand the importance of continuing uh, intimate relationship with him. Because that's what abiding is. It's not just knowing of him. It's really knowing him. Mm. It's not just talking about him. It's talking with him. Mm. It's not just about uh, recognizing ourselves as a Christian. It's about living the life of a Christian in a relationship with him that is deep and intimate. That's what abiding is. Let me just stop you real quick. So, so in the journey, the first leg of the journey, we call enlightened. So we're just trying to build a case that God's an intimate God. Yeah. And then it comes to a climax of that extended prayer retreat where they, they get maybe a taste of that intimate God when they're sitting alone with him, you know, right. in our prayer retreat. And then we turn the corner and then we get into enabled. And this is where the abide book comes in. So you're trying to help them understand where are they in that intimate relationship that he wants, right? Right. You know, if you buy in that he's an intimate God, are you intimate with him? And if not, why Why not? You know, right? Is yeah. that kind of... Well, we got to prioritize our, our life to allow him to uh, bring us into that. A lot of God's work in our life is our surrender of our life, right? Uh, the work of God in our life requires us to submit to him and to surrender it to him. We can't do God's work in our life. We can't make ourselves the kind of men that we deep down long to be and the ones that this world needs. We can't. We just can't make ourselves that. We just can't do it. We can try, 
the best we can. We can have every kind of program and mentor and coach and teacher and preacher and try to make of ourselves uh, something of great use for God. Mm-hmm. And, and the word that it spells eventually is frustration mm. because we'll see our efforts were in vain. They just can't stand the test. But when we allow him through the abiding relationship to flow his living water to us, in us, and through us to others, then the work that comes out of that is supernatural. Mm. And that is the work of the vine dresser. Mm. That's his mission is to make us fruit bearers. Mm. Our mission is not to bear fruit. Our mission is to abide. Mm. Now that's contrary to a lot of the Christian teaching we have out here in churches and all that. And that is that uh, we tend toward thinking that well, if you bear fruit, then you abide in him. And the more fruit you bear, the deeper you abide in him. No, that's wrong. That's completely wrong. That's not the way it works. Is that we abide in Him because we bear fruit because we abide in Him. That's what Jesus said. And if we want to bear more fruit, it's because we abide more deeply. Mm-hmm. And so this the the message of this book is about lit, unpacking the whole concept of what it really means to abide in Him, based on the last thirty years of what God's been showing to me about it. Mm-hmm. And there's there, you might make my mind might be a little different from other people, but I think that there's enough evidence within scriptures and thoughts and the whole metaphor of raising grapes, and that's what Jesus used to make a case here, and and that's what this book does. But now there's another thing about this book, and that it's not a preacher talking to you. It's a it's Gabe. Mm-hmm. It's a mentor. It's a it's a it's a an an allegory. In fact, the name of it is abide an allegory of truth. Because hmm. when Jesus used the word uh, the vine, the vine dresser, and and fruit, that was an allegory. Because he wasn't a great vine; he was a man, mm-hmm. right? And we're not we're not you know little branches. We're humans. Mm-hmm. It's a metaphor, a metaphor of truth. And you have, to, you have to look at the depth of the metaphor. You have to understand the metaphor to understand the truth. And so what I did is I did a lot of investigation. <laughs> you know, I've never grown grapes. I got a grapevine uh, at our farm, and, and if you want to have an evidence of one that's unkept, that would be it. And I can tell you what uh, it looks like to be a, a grapevine that's grown, grown wild. Uh, how it gets so consumed with its own branches it can't bear fruit and how it can be diseased. Mm. I can tell you about that because I see it at our farm. I know it. And I know that if I want to have anything come out of that, i got to go in there and cut about three quarters of the limbs out of there and find the main ones and then try to stake it up and create a trellis. I could do that, I might do that. Just just watch what happens because you see, that's what God does with the wild vines Hmm. of our life. Uh, You know, we're non-productive and that's what we have, the the discipline of the Lord. And he will come in and he will 
he will really, really do work on us to try to get us to a point where we can become fruit bearers. And when he begins pruning us, it's a gentle, it's gentle. It's not, we're used to it. It's maybe an inconvenience. Uh, maybe there's some things that we give up, but it's not like the discipline board. Mm. When he does it, it that does that to the wild vine, it's because we are in bad need of it. Mm-hmm. But what I did, I went to vineyards and I looked at, and I talked to vin- people who own vineyards. I talked to, you know, the vine dressers. I, I did a lot of study on that because I wanted to understand the metaphor. Mm-hmm. Because if I understand the metaphor, then I can understand better the teaching of Jesus. So I really looked at that. I looked at everything from the varieties. I looked at the the, the different uh, way they would prune a vine and the branches uh, based on the variety. Some of them would have their studs that would go up. Some of them would go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on the variety. It depends on a lot of things like that. And as I began processing through that, I began to realize that there, there are different varieties of grapes throughout this world, which would be called churches, mm. Christian cultures. Uh, and they would, they would operate the same from the standpoint of the need to abide in Christ, but they, they might look different on the trellis, mm. right? And, and he would deal with them a little differently because they might have a different form of worship. They might have a different uh, gathering. I mean, in America, we're pretty close to the same unless you use our people in California. Now, they're a different country. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding you guys. Please don't hold that against me. I love you. But they do have, uh, they have a different uh, approach to ministry in their region say than Memphis does or Tulsa right. does. Sure. You know, I mean it's it has to do with the region. It has to do with the people in the region. In Egypt, it's gonna be different with journey groups over there in Africa, same way in Brazil. The churches in those areas are serving the same God. They're serving Jesus. In every culture, every person in every culture needs to have an intimate, abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not culturally distinct for Northwest Arkansas or America. It's not about the American church. Mm-hmm. It's not about me and you, it's a, or you and me, let me say it properly. It's about what Jesus is calling his church to. And we don't want to stand in the way just because there are cultural differences. And you see, when I began to study the different varieties of vines out there, I realized that God has these vineyards all over the world. Mm. He's got different varieties called Christians in different cultures. And I celebrated that. Man, I just got, I got excited about the breadth of God's church. Mm. I don't know. My brothers and sisters in China, Iran, Iraq, and Africa, and Russia, on and on and on. My brothers and sisters. And there was a love for the unknown that came into me mm. when I began to look at it. And so when I wrote the book, it was being written to me. Mm. God was opening my eyes and showing me things that, man, the storyline is the what you were asking about the way I write. I think yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I'm not a, a 
I'm not a preacher. I'm not. Uh, I would. I speak a lot, but not like you would expect a preacher to do it. I'm a storyteller. Uh, that has a lot to do with my culture, where I came from. Mississippi boy. I grew up with grandparents and a mother that was a, an amazing storyteller. Mm. Television entered my life probably about 11 years old. So by, before that time, I was entertained by a magical stories that I was told. Mm. The mystery of the sounds of the forest is an example. Uh, my grandmother told me one time about a whippoorwill when I was on her porch, muh. <laughs> and it was her, her, uh, her house that I, uh, that I used to kind of model my thoughts around Gabe's house. If anybody know about Gabe, it would be my grandmother's house. Mm. And I would remember on a, on a summer night sitting on that uh, front porch with her in a rocking chair and hear a whippoorwill. And she said, <clears throat> you know what that whippoorwill's saying? I said, what? And you know, it goes, doo, 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 you know, like that. That's the way a whippoorwill sounds. If anybody hasn't heard it, it's beautiful. Mm. She said, he's saying, Chip fell out of the white oak. I said, what? She said, Chip fell out of the white oak. I said, I didn't know he was saying that. So my imagination was just going on and on. And, mm -hmm. and that's where it was stimulated. It was stimulated in this, just hearing these stories. And these were good Christian people who loved the Lord, uh, ordinary country people. Uh, one of them had a, you know, some education, my one grandfather, the other was a lumber man. Went through the depression, all of them. Poor, all of them. Generous, all of them. Stories, <clears throat> you know, that I heard about them. And from them, <clears throat> began to come together for me. <clears throat> when I began to write these books. Mm -hmm. Because <clears throat> I didn't just read words in the Bible. I saw scenes. Mm -hmm. I didn't just didn't read about people saying things. I, I felt them when they were saying it. Mm -hmm. These books are a ministry to me. The Holy Spirit speaks to me. He awakens memories. <clears throat> I see stories. I see scenes. 
see and feel interactions. And then what feeds into there is the scriptures mm-hmm. where I've seen and felt interactions. And those stories of 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And my stories of 65 years ago and how all those things have just kind of come together to blend together to be a unique expression in my writing, Mm. my take on what it means to abide in Christ. Well, that's what poured into this book. Mm. And uh, I tell people that don't write a book unless you're bleeding and crying when you write it. Because mm. it needs to come from the heart. Yeah. If it just comes from your mind and you're just trying to do something from a, to do something because it's a book, you want to be recognized or you want to be known as an author or you want to have something you can check off on your ego list, don't do it. But if you've got a message burning within your heart, now you're ready. And that's me. Yeah. Just a, a message that uh, that God is saying convey. And abide has been the probably the most important message to me since the message of the cross. Because it's helped me as a, a believer to understand that there's more to this walk with Christ other than my salvation. It has to do with my purpose. It has to do with the need out there, the time of life, to be able to be a part of God reaching out to others at their point of need. Mm. And uh, this book uh, was written to be a part of our curriculum, yeah. But you have to understand our curriculum is all about one thing, and that's teaching a man or woman how to abide in Christ. Yeah. That's it. We don't have anything else to offer. The most important book is the Bible, <laughs> is it, God's Word, right? Everything comes from there. The other books just support that. Yeah, everything. they just, that's right. And by the way, there's no books or anything that's been written about abide that wasn't gathered from information that was given 2,000 years ago by John. Right. He was the first one that wrote on Abide. And by the way, if you look at John's life, you'll find that uh, he was the oldest of all the apostles. And from that day when he was a young man leaning against Jesus' chest and and Jesus saying, Abide in me, until the time he died, which was probably in his late 80s, he was saying consistently, Abide, abide, abide. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a word that was part of his ministry. It defined it. Yeah, it's found in other other books, right? In first, second, third John, you'll find abide. And yeah, it, it yeah. comes up again and again. So you know, I'm. If you want to, uh, you know, I think we're all plagiarists from that that standpoint. <laughs> we're all just repeating the stuff that that he gave us, but we do it in our own way. And like Bruce did it in his own way. He's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it in my own way because I'm a storyteller, mm-hmm. and uh, he did a good job. Mm. And we, we benefited from it. Um, and I wanted to make sure what I was writing was, I was listening to the Spirit. 
and that he was downloading to me the unique message that he wanted me to have. But I wanted to be correct. I wanted to be theologically correct. I wanted to understand not only the metaphor, but I wanted to understand the theology of it. Mm-hmm. And that's been that's been about a 25-year endeavor, mm-hmm. or maybe longer than that, 30, 30-some years endeavor to understand what what is what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Now the book is a little book, but it's um, it's um, you know it's it's brought it brought me to tears when I was writing it, and I think some other people experienced <laughs> the same thing. What did you get out of it? Well, I uh, I appreciate your emotion even just talking about it, Rocky, because because I, I was about to say it was written out of your heart. It was written from a really deep place in you. And uh, and I, I'm a Secrets of the Vine fan. I mean, I was introduced to that book before I met you, and yeah. it was used by God in a key point in my life in conjunction with the Promise Keeper event where I got to hear Bruce Wilkinson talk about it. And God just used it with me. So it was a kind of a special book for me. When I found out it was part of the journey, I thought, oh, this more evidence I'm supposed to be part of this thing. But uh, that being said... I had an open mind because I knew that you knew what we're trying to do with people in this journey better than any, better than Bruce Wilkinson does from our percent standpoint. And you accomplished that. And I loved the book and I love I love the Gabe story. So I can't get enough of Gabe teaching on something. Right. And that's just such a great uh, avenue that God's given you to communicate truth through Gabe. And so you do a great job of that. And you also bring in some things that that I didn't find in other in other books. Uh, particularly sifting, talking yeah. about sifting, and that's kind of a new, a new deal that we bring up that's not in the yeah. in the prior curriculum. And right. so, so I think it really fits very well into what we're trying to do, and 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 just really complements the, the overall curriculum. Uh-huh. And uh, and you know, I, I don't want to give away too much, but there's actually another book coming mm-hmm. coming that's going to fit in the front end to the journey. Yeah. That. Uh, more on that later, so let me just whet your appetite and get you curious about that. But uh, it's also another Gabe story. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome, it's really good. So I, I'm so glad God's still using you in this way and, and letting you use your gift of writing and, and, and these stories and all that. And I, I think it's very effective, and it, it's really blessing a lot of people. So all the feedback I've gotten from the, the for these groups that started last fall who uh, found out they had a new book to read and all that— Everything's been great, great feedback, glowing. I mean, I mean, there's been people who said this is one of the most profound books you've ever written. You know, who are fans of of all your books. You know, and uh, so, so again, I say all that, but I know that's not what you're all about. You're just about being a messenger and all that. But uh, well, the thing that delights me is that it draws people closer to Christ. That's my mission, and that's working. Yeah, and if it does that, then I celebrate it. But it's not about me; it's about Him. And if it were about me, it would the book wouldn't be very good, honestly. Mm. Well, it's uh, again. I think I think uh, mission accomplished on what you were hoping for, and and so so for all of you out there who haven't uh, read it yet, you, if you haven't been through the journey while, uh, then you might not. You probably wouldn't have read it. But uh, now it's part of our curriculum. So if you go through a journey group and order a journey pack, you get an abide book in your in your pack. But you can also just order the the book by itself if you just are curious to read it. Uh, it's a great read. So uh, it's available in our store on our website. So. 
So anyway, we just wanted you guys to know a little bit about that, and uh, it's a very special thing, and we, we're just, again, just tracking with the little steps God's putting in front of us, one step at a time, and this was another little step that he put in front of us that we kind of surprised us, but uh, yeah. it's really been a blessing. So uh, so hope hope you guys will read it out there, and I, I know you'll you'll really enjoy it. So. Well, I think that's our time, Rocky. So uh, let me wrap that up and uh, just encourage you guys to keep uh, going to our website for other resources that we have out there. We're always doing other podcasts. We're also doing uh, Bible devotionals. Rocky's still writing some blogs when he gets fired up about something. He writes a blog. <laughs> Which has happened recently. <laughs> he's been fired up lately. You might want to check our blog. He's been, he's been pretty fired up about some things going on in our country. But um, but also, uh, we have an invitation for all of you out there who are have guided a group or your leaders uh, are really plugged into our into our ministry, we want you to come and join us at our national summit, May 2nd through 5th. So uh, it's it's called it's at Soto, Shepherd of the Ozarks, and uh, we do it every couple of years. So it's a unique opportunity. Uh, so I hope you'll be praying about that and, and join us there because uh, we know it's going to fill up quick. So you want to register right away on that. So anyway, uh, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, I've been your host, Brian Craig, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. Don't let-